Lawyers always need to be on top of their game, or at least appear to be. It can feel overwhelming to recognize or admit when we aren't, and even harder to reach out and get help. Welcome to Sidebar, brought to you by North Carolina's Lawyer Assistance Program, where lawyers help lawyers by sharing their experience, strength, and hope as they delve into their personal journeys of recovery. Hey everybody, this is Robin Morades, the director of the North Carolina Lawyer Assistance Program. Today I'm joined by Helen, a lab volunteer who practices in the area of social security, disability, and workers' comp. Helen, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Robin. It's, it's great to be here. For those who may not be aware, a very, very small percentage of our cases comes from law school or a referral from the Board of Law Examiners. But you, interestingly, had some difficulty in between when you graduated law school, but before you sat for the bar exam. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, um, you are correct. I did enter into recovery after law school, but prior to taking and passing the bar exam. And it just so happened that while I was in treatment in the treatment facility I was at, we went to a meeting and I heard a speaker and I did not know that this person was an attorney, but something um, as it does with, with um, recovery meetings and speaker meetings, you know, no matter who the person is or their background or whatnot, you always feel like you can identify with something. So um, that was the case. I just felt some strong identification with this person and what they had been through. And I approached them after the meeting. And again, I was still in treatment and they gave me their card and it turns out they were an attorney. And I was like, well, what are the odds? You know, that the first person I approach that at a, at a speaker meeting at one of my very first meetings happens to be an attorney. Uh, when I saw the card, I said, oh, hey, I, I went to law school. And then they mentioned that they were in a program called LAP, the Lawyer's Assistance Program. And I had not heard about LAP. And there were several things going through my head, by the way, at this time, because I had some issues, some legal issues going on. But I was recommended by this person when I got out of treatment to, to give him a call and you know, see if maybe I could come to one of these lap meetings. So I got out of treatment a few weeks after that. And, and I, at this point I was in a position of taking every suggestion given to me. And I immediately called my lap contact and got hooked up with uh, the meeting schedule for the lap meeting near me, showed up, and it was kind of is kind of off uh, from there, and that was over five years ago at this point. And you went on to what we call a recovery contract. Sometimes people feel like they need accountability either for themselves or as a, creating an evidentiary record to, for example, the board of law examiners, documenting and demonstrating that you've been sober. Can you talk a little bit about what? what that was like for you and what that contract entailed? Yes. So that's exactly um, what, what happened next. Um, once I started attending the meetings and I was speaking with my contact and they said, if you are interested, as you seem like taking the bar and becoming an attorney and given all the, the things and some of the legal challenges that you've faced, have, have you thought about 
possibly signing a contract with us, even though you haven't been recommended to be on contract, but it, it may be something positive that you can show the board of law examiners once you're you know, ready, once you're there, once you're ready to take the bar and you pass the bar, you know, that will probably be in your benefit. And all of these things made complete sense to me. Like, absolutely. Why would I not? I'm already committed to recovery. Why would I not want to create this, as you said, this evidentiary, just chain of evidence, this roadmap kind of of being monitored, showing how I've consistently worked my program. And so I did, I I signed a two-year monitoring contract and continued to go to the meetings. And I was aware that it's, that it wasn't the way that, that these contracts normally come about, but it was really neat. It was kind of neat to be able to do that, that I am so grateful that that was offered to me because that was tremendous help for me when it came time to talk to the board of law examiners. Well, so, and you mentioned you had some legal trouble. Do you mind telling us just briefly what the legal trouble was? Sure. I had some DUIs that I I had uh, pending actually at the time that I got sober. And so, and, and this is, is why it's really important to get connected with people in in recovery and if especially if you are in a position of, of having been to law school or you you already are an attorney it's so important to find other attorneys that you feel safe talking to about these kinds of things because even having gone through law school I I had people tell me that weren't lawyers, but because I I just was not in a very healthy state of mind, had said, well, you'll never be allowed to be an attorney, not with not with the multiple DUIs, like that's never gonna happen. It it was only once I started working with LAP and I got involved and I heard other people's stories that I got some hope that, you know, these things happen and that there is there is some. <laughs> forgiveness with the board. And, but I also had to go into it knowing that it was not a guarantee. And my, my, my monitor said, it's like spaghetti. We're going to throw it against the wall and see what sticks. Uh, So um, I just, I'll never forget that. Let me ask you, were, were the issues resolved by the time you got before the bar board of law examiners or were they still pending? So everything had been taken care of. I wasn't on probation, anything like that by the time I passed the bar and was talking to the board. But I will say that, and I think I hadn't thought about this till till you brought this up, but when when I got to the board of law examiners, I still had some debts, some debts to court because of those legal issues. I had other debts and things, but I had a demonstrated history of working to resolve these issues. And I think that because of my involvement with LAP and being able to have that chain of evidence demonstrating, proving my sobriety and my my commitment to the recovery community, that at that point they realized, okay, you've 
you've still got this bill and that bill, but you're saying, you know, you're agreeing to, to continue to make payments. And you know what? We believe you. We believe you because we've seen what you've accomplished and you have evidence of that through things such as, you know, a lap contract and then your continued involvement with lap even after your contract had concluded. Yep. And for any law students who may be listening, when there are character and fitness issues, I will say the board of law examiners, what they really care about is someone taking responsibility for their issues. They get very nervous when someone minimizes and says, oh, it's not a problem. They really understand recovery and they value recovery. So they would rather have someone be honest about where they are in their debt repayment or their length of sobriety or any mental health issues, whatever it is. They care that people are taking responsibility. Did you, I'm sure that you must've had a full panel character and fitness hearing with the full board. There were only three panel members. And I can only imagine that one of the reasons why it didn't go to a full board hearing had to do with the immense amount of evidence that I had. Were you represented by counsel or did you just go into it pro se? Pro se. Wow. Interesting. Well, let's see. So if anyone hasn't read your article, I highly commend it to them. And you submitted the essay without a title. So I'm thinking that the title should be Time Takes Time. We have a saying in recovery that time takes time. We all want to be, you know, 30 years sober in 30 days, but there's a lot of value in the lived experience. Can you speak to that a little bit? I think that I didn't realize how much, I don't want to say time, but I didn't realize how much time it was going to take for me to truly appreciate where I was, accepting my flaws, my weaknesses, my my disease of alcoholism, accepting that you know, because of that and the new acceptance of that, the new realization of that, that there was going to be a period of adjustment and growing up. And that's not something that happens over, you know, the, the month or two months you spend in treatment. That's a whole process experiencing life as a sober person and cleaning up your messes as a sober person. And through that, I was able to grow up, become responsible for myself. And those are qualities that I didn't really, that had not really developed properly in me. And I don't think that if it hadn't, if it hadn't been for getting into recovery and going through this process, um, you know, had I never gotten in trouble, things like that, I don't think I I would have been as successful as I am so far today in everything. I don't think I had the qualities before going through this to be a, a great attorney. And I feel like I'm teachable now. I'm responsible enough now. I can. You understand what it means to get yourself out of massive trouble, exactly. <laughs> massive debt, and to like chip away at it month by month by month, paycheck by paycheck by paycheck. Absolutely. I had went to law school. I felt like I earned my grades. I 
I did the work. There was a lot of drinking, but you know, I did the work. I didn't cheat my way through law school. The other thing is, so I wanted to get sober and have everything kind of magically just work out. (laughs) Everything just kind of, you know, because when you're, when you've been sober for a few months, like to you, you know, maybe like, no, like everyone needs to believe me. This is who I am now. But it really takes demonstrating that to other people and building those relationships and trust with other people and with the community to get the support that is really valuable in, in kind of in moving forward through the journey of becoming an attorney. And it's not something that I would have ever think that I could have done alone. And I'm thinking back to when I was in court and the judge said to me, and this is when the judge did not realize I was standing before him a a year sober. And how dare he not know that I've been sober for almost a whole year after everything I've done. But he said, I, I hope I see you back here in five years after you get out of jail at some point. I hope to see you on the other side of the, of the bar you know, standing over there, you know, instead of where you are. And I, my first thought was five years. I am five years. Like, no, like I can take the bar, I can take the bar next year and I'm going to be fine. Things worked out. Uh, it ended up being just about five years before I ended up being able to pay for and the study program and do everything properly and take the bar. And it worked out better than I could have ever planned. And thank God I did not pass the bar at a year sober for me. Thank God. Wow. That reminds me of something I heard one time in an Al-Anon meeting that I think really applies here, that when a caterpillar goes into its cocoon, when it's ready to break free as a butterfly if you try to help it by peeling back the chrysalis, it won't have enough strength in its wings to fly, that it's the fight out of the chrysalis that makes the butterfly strong enough to fly and live as a butterfly. I, I'm going to like, I'm going to remember that forever. I love that. That feels like exactly what happened with me and, and what it took. And it's just such a great visual reference because we say that like, oh, well, you got to got to fig- learn how to do it on your own. You got to go through it. That's all we usually say. You just have to go through it to, you know, but that's that makes sense. Now you have your wings to fly. <laughs> I do. And that fight, I have that fight with me now that I carry forward um, because there are more there will be more battles. There will be more challenges. But now I I know what it takes and I know that I can I can get through it. And I have a support system. So what do you think is the greatest value that you've gotten from the lawyer assistance program? Incredibly supportive and close personal relationships, especially with other female attorneys that have experienced the same feelings, similar situations. I have people that I know 100% I can lean on because of these relationships and, and beyond what you've already mentioned, Robin, there have been other things that I've had to do in my, in my career where I've needed to list folks as references and things like that. And through LAP, I've been able to meet people that are lawyers that 
would would have my back for things that I didn't feel necessarily comfortable having just a, a colleague on. I maybe don't want a colleague to be privy to some of this information. So just for me, I've had continuing support. I know that I'll have, um, as long as I you know continue to work my program and and take care of of myself, I know that these relationships are only going to get better. And I, again, I just, I always know that I have a safety net. I have these people to go to and say, you know, Hey, what should I do with this? What should I do here? I had this terrible day at work and I don't know if it's, is this normal lawyer stress or is this my, do you think this is my untreated alcoholism, you know, like acting out? Do I, do I seem like maybe I need more meetings? Like what's going on here? And so that's, it's not just a program for like a contract and showing, you know, to show the bar examiners. I mean, this is part of my life today. These people are my friends and, and people I depend on and it's a community. Mm -hmm. Out of curiosity, what did they say when you asked them on that bad day, if this was normal lawyer stress or untreated alcoholism, did you get a, did you get a definitive answer? I say it's, a little bit of both. And interestingly enough, it's come up several times that I, that actually being in the program, we have this advantage because the way, you know, we handle a lot of stress, you know, other folks that maybe don't have the benefit of this program, they're, they're probably not even handling it as well as I'm handling it. So I'm already like grabbing tools to like help deal with this. I'm talking about it. I mean, just that right there, you know, that's it. That's huge. There's probably not, I can't imagine that's a normal or that it's very prevalent that attorneys just have like a group that, that they can ask like, you know, hey, is this, is this do I seem okay? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. It's hard to explain to people not in recovery, just how phenomenal all the tools are. Is there anything you want to add? I would say that at one time, I was one of those people who was extremely concerned. I am concerned today about my anonymity, but I had some fear surrounding that. But what I found was once I reached out to LAP, I learned that the level of professionalism, the care and respect and intelligence of the organization is just for me, it was beyond reproach when it came time to asking myself, can I trust these people? This person that, you know, I heard speaking and I talked to and became my monitor, their trust in LAP, that helped guide me into opening up. But I would say overall, there's so much help and there's so much protection that you never know what you're going to miss out on. You know, you may you may be in need of more help than you think, and maybe you don't need as much help as you think. But I do know that for me, I feel that I, I'm never at risk for my private information, my anonymity, anything to be put in jeopardy. Not, not with LAP. I've never felt probably more comfortable. And, you know, I, I would never thought that I would you know, I never wanted to end up in this kind of a situation. Nobody wants to end up in this kind of a situation. That's like thinking forward. But I will just say this. I absolutely believe I would not be 
practicing law today if it weren't for LAP. Well, thanks. Thanks for your time. Thanks for being interviewed. Thank you, Robin. Thank you for joining us at the sidebar. If this is your first time, we encourage you to listen to another episode or two, subscribe to our newsletter, and peruse the resources at www.nclap.org. And if you know a lawyer who could use a hand, please share this episode with them today. Remember, at Sidebar, you are not alone. In fact, you are in quite good company.